1: It's Groundhog Day, and the Rams have been turned away again from the New York Stadium just an hour before kickoff was due against relegation rivals Rotherham United. But as ever, Steve Bloomers, watching your independent Derby County fans podcast, is here to pick through all the latest goings on, on and off the pitch. It's Groundhog Day, and the Rams have been turned away from the New York Stadium. No, that's just that is a terrible joke. Sorry, boys. Uh, let's just uh, let's just get on and do this uh, properly. Um, I am uh, I'm Richard Kutcher, your host for the next forty minutes or so, and joining me to dissect a busy, busy transfer deadline day for once. And Billy Davis's, I mean, sorry, Wayne Rooney's Derby County is Anton Martin. Anton, what's up, bruv?
0: Yeah, hello. Um, all good. Bit disappointed that there's no football tonight, but uh, at least we get to chat about some Derby County instead.
1: Yeah, we get an early night as well, which is uh, always welcome. Uh, Tom, Tom Martin, how was uh, how was your dinner? Last minute substitute, Tom Martin. How was how was your rushed dinner just now?
2: Yeah, last minute substitute and uh, caught unawares by the early kickoff, and then it was cancelled. A uh, quick Yorkshire pudding, bit of beef, lovely.
1: Good, good stuff. Well, uh, I am actually off the juice at the moment uh, for two weeks now, I think, which I think is a personal record probably since I was about seventeen years old. Um, but if I was on the booze, I would certainly be ordering a few jars. From Derby Brewing Company, Steve Bloomer's Washing's partners for the season and Derby's original craft brewer, do give those chaps a like or follow on Twitter, Facebook and or Instagram. So, boys, we were going to be dissecting the uh, the Rotherham game tonight, as as mentioned, and, and then getting into the transfer business, of which there was plenty late on Monday. Five loan signings arriving, which we'll get into uh, in the second half. Prior to that, however, I do think we shouldn't overlook some fantastic form from Derby in the last three matches. Derby have won their past three games 1-0, hence the the Buddy Davis reference right at the top, beating Bournemouth, QPR and Bristol City in in fairly convincing style. I'd probably say that the QPR game was the one where we may have been a bit fortunate to escape with all three points from Loftus Road. But again, the kind of grit and determination was there. Colin Kazim Richards got the winning goal for Derby on Saturday against Bristol City in a game that, other than the the ten minutes immediately after Christian Bielik's horrendous injury, which we'll come to, I thought we we dominated that from start to finish. Um, Anton, what was what and and who stood out for you most uh, in that performance on Saturday against uh, Bristol City?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, you have to give the players credit for the mental strength um, to. To not let the Bielik incident affect them, um it clearly did for a, a few minutes post um that horrible injury, but certainly second half they didn't let it affect their game and, and they, they kind of picked it up completely but the the thing that most impressed me i think was was the game management in in that second half, despite only having the one goal lead we we didn't sit back, which we we have been guilty of um at times throughout the season um we we continued to play a game we dominated. Um, play and, and possession, and, and we just didn't allow Bristol City to build any m- momentum at all. And, and when you're dominating play like that, and and keeping the ball, and and kind of running it into the corners, we weren't doing anything silly with it. We weren't trying to score goals or, or put loads of crosses into the box. We were just keeping the ball, and it was very difficult for Bristol City to build any momentum. And they didn't look like scoring throughout the whole game, really, but especially in that last 20 minutes. So it was really good to see. And, and credit goes to both players and, and the coaching staff for that. In terms of individuals, I, I thought they were good performances all over the pitch, really. But two players that I, I really wanted to call out. Firstly, Lee Buchanan, um, clearly unbelievable assist for the goal, um, great touch and a, a sumptuous ball in um put it on a plate for CKR um after a pretty good move all round. but Buchanan's just turning into like the the ultimate left back really he's he's yeah. his, his all-round game is just sensational he's, he's great defensively he's good in the tackle very good in the air especially with with kind of long crosses into into the back post he, he's very good at dealing with those which are normally made for the attacker so really good defensively he's, he's got a lot of pace as well um, but he's showing the, the attacking side to his game as well, so he, he really is becoming a, a hugely valuable asset at left back. And the other one to, to call out as well is Max Bird because he, he hasn't been quite himself throughout this season, but he he, he really stepped up the last couple of games and, and certainly post. The Bielik injury and, and we're going to have to um, rely on him much more for, for the rest of the season but I thought Bird was superb on, on Saturday um, in, in a slightly more advanced role I thought um, which, which was quite interesting but thought it brought the best out of his game to be honest um, looked really good on the ball and, and really creative as well and, and certainly started quite a few attacks
1: yeah it's funny you mentioned Max Bird actually because <laughs> what you said about him playing a more advanced role because um that's what really stood out for me. And I, I'd said for a few weeks, I'm not sure if I said it on, on the pod or just to myself or on Twitter or something, but um, I thought that when, when you had, because you had Shinny, Knight and Bielik, um, not, not Knight all the time, but Shinny and Bielik particularly kind of dominating so well in those defensive positions, Tom, that if Max Bird was going to get him in back into the team, he's going to have to come in in a, in a slightly more advanced role. And I do think it's right, and I'm not an expert on the academy, but I do think it's right that Max Bird hasn't always been just a, a holdy midfield player who who plays from really deep. I think the clips that I've seen of Max Bird from the academy from a few years ago, he is, is a bit more box to box and and getting higher up the pitch. And he has got great quality on the ball, hasn't he, Tom, Max Bird. So I was quite pleased to see him. He started that game really well higher up the pitch, but he then did do a really good job filling in for Christian Bielek after, after he went off.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And I think um, some of the lazy comparisons this year have been comparing uh, Jason Knight to Jeff Hendrick. Um, of the sort of 13-14 season. But I actually see more of that in Max Bird at times. Um, and it's maybe because of the flowing locks like um, that Max Bird has got at the moment. But but yeah, I do think he, he does a good job in front of the back four. Uh, and I think he is sort of starting to bring that... More sort of forward thinking, sort of mind into his into his game as well. Last season it was him and Rooney, and they just like linked up the play fantastically for us, and we had the three or four players in front of them who were getting forward and creating chances. Whereas there's a slightly different onus on him now, and I think he's um he's stepped into that well in the last few games, and in particular on Saturday, um and as Anton said, the ten minutes after the Bielik injury clearly shook the Derby side, but then they got their composure, and that shows a lot about the character of the team, which we've seen in absolute bucketful since uh, Rooney's taken over.
0: I think Max Bird actually suits the the 433 quite well as a, as opposed to the 4231 which we've previously played when when he potentially hasn't been quite at his game at, at the base of midfield because it allows him to get forward a little bit he, he, he's very good kind of Back to goal, receiving the ball um, through the lines. He, he's very aware of opposition players around him, and he's very good at kind of looking around and knowing exactly where everyone is before receiving the ball. So it allows him to to show that side to his game rather than just focusing on on breaking up play and bringing others into it, which he's okay at. But um, he, he's more all round than that. So hopefully. Um even without Bilic, we can we can find a combination that, that allows him to exploit those um qualities even more.
1: Yeah, and I think this this just a great opportunity just to shout out to Graham Shinney, because I'm I'm always very conscious of because he is now so super consistent and we just expect the most ridiculous engine from him. I think we're starting to almost take it for granted. I think I am. Um and you know, Shinney is the kind of player, along with Jason Knight, as you say. Who is the kind of one that will let Max Bird play uh, and show off that range of passing? And I just think that Graham Shinnie now, particularly with Bellicks out, is is so important to this this Derby County midfield to keep that energy up, keep winning games. And he's a big part of of this incredible defensive record we've now got under Wayne Rooney. That Anton touched on Lee Buchanan there, Tom. The fullbacks are of course playing their part both offensively and and defensively but wisdom and clark are to be honest performing like the best center back partnership in the league right now is is this purely down to kind of back to basics approach from Wayne Rooney uh, that he's adopted or is it more a result do you think of just having a consistent selection at the heart of the at the heart of the defense
2: I think it's a mix of everything. Um, We criticised Clark about, I would say, two months ago and said that he needs to cut out the individual errors. And he certainly has done that um, very consistently over the last month or so. Um, We've gone back to just sort of defending the penalty box and making sure we try and stop crosses getting in. And that's Byrne and Buchanan, who've been doing that very well uh, in the fullback positions. And when they do come in, we're starting to deal with them a lot better by trying to win the first ball. And you can see actually the times that it doesn't happen and we forget our our basics is when we concede sort of sloppy goals. I use the Rotherham goal as a, a classic example as the most recent uh, goal we conceded but the classic example of us not really defending the box very well and um, but on the main we've done that so much better whereas at the beginning of the season I feel that we were doing that uh, we weren't we weren't defending the box very well at all and that's why we were conceding sloppy goals um, all over the place and it just felt like a real uphill battle so yeah Clark has really turned it on this in the last sort of seven or eight games um, wisdom Still, at times, can be a little bit sketchy. I think he had about three let offs against uh, Bournemouth when he he ballooned one past the post. I think he almost headed one into his own goal as well, and miskicked one in the penalty area. But when he when he is on form, Andre Wisdom's fantastic because he talks to the defense, he organizes them, uh, and he's clearly someone that I would trust with the ball and also out without the ball in in terms of organizing a defense and getting them getting the shape sorted. So it looks a lot better at the moment than it did two or three months ago.
0: I think the fact that we're playing. Just a little bit more direct does really help those two because they're they're both very good on the ball and they they both can bring it out both with a pass or, or kind of on the ball. But under Koku, we were kind of we were so reluctant to play that long ball when when sometimes it was necessary just as an out ball um, up to the striker or up to the one of the wingers. Whereas now we we can kind of understand under rooney when that's necessary and when it's not we're still looking to play out from the back where where we can and and those guys are a big part of that but we're showing that we can just relieve a bit of pressure by by playing it up to to the front three ckr obviously helps with that because he because he can bring it down and, and and kind of start an attack from there but it allows us to to not give it away and and it's cutting out those mistakes and giving it away in the final third which just adds to all of the pressure so they're looking much more confident because they know that out ball is there if if they get forced into it
1: so you met, you mentioned uh Colin Kazin Richards there and let's let's talk we're not we're not exactly banging the goals in yet still as I said three one nils in a row but you know that's all you need if you if you're keeping clean sheets. Um, but Colin Kazim-Richards, again, we've given him lots of love on the pod. Uh, the whole fan base has given him a lot of love, and that, that is fully deserved. He's on five goals currently from, I believe, 19 appearances. The last time, or the only time, sorry, he's ever scored double figures in his career was at Feyenoord in 2014-15. And to be honest, I haven't checked if that's even the same season. It might be end of 2014, start of 2015, not quite sure. He's on five goals currently in 19 games. There are 20 games to play in the championship season remaining. So Tom, should he be expecting and should we be expecting Conan Cousin-Richards to... uh... To get into double figures again at his ripe old age uh, for the second time in his career.
2: Yeah, you are right about the final thing. By the way, I think he scored eleven goals that season. Um, and I think, yeah, he's got a real chance if we we put the ball into the box for him. He's he's really enthusiastic in getting the end on the end of it. The the run that he made for Buchanan's cross, and to be fair, Buchanan makes him make that run. Uh, he just peels off the centre back and is just waiting at the back post, and that's clearly a strategy. If you look at some of the chances that he's he's had and and has also scored this season, so if he continues to in the same sort of vein of form um I would definitely be expecting him to get 10 goals. Um, I think it's really good that we've brought in Lee Gregory as a as a potential backup, but also as a second option uh, off the bench to give him some sort of pressure, but also to to allow him to to run himself into the ground for 65, 70 minutes rather than having to maybe coax, himself, coax 90 minutes out of him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's still plenty more to come from Kazin Richards. And as I think Chris tweeted out the other day, he's, we've not not been so wrong about a signing since, uh, since Chris said that Connor Sam was going to win Golden Boot. And clearly that didn't happen, but this is <laughs> a positive surprise. I mean, look, I
1: think his impact is clear for for everyone to see, isn't it, really? Um, the, not just the goals he scored, but the leadership he shows on the pitch, his hold-up play, his desire to, to kind of chase down lost causes, which give you some momentum, even if you don't win the ball itself. I mean, Lee Gregory, which we'll, we'll come on to, he's, he's got a kind of have a job getting in, getting in ahead of Kazim Richards. But do you think that... That extra competition, I don't think Richards needs spurring on, but it can only help, can't it, to have someone else available to do a similar kind of job if he needs a rest or he just needs a a kick up the backside himself.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we'll come on to this later, but just having a a bit of cover in in case of any potential injury is always a good thing. But I mean, as you mentioned, Kazim Richards is not all about the goals. It's it's his all-round game, which is um, the main um, beneficiary for, for, for Derby. But I, th- I think if he stays fit and as long as he um, keeps his place in the team, I, I don't have any doubts that he'll get to double figures actually. I, f- I feel like the goals will start to flow a little bit more freely over the next couple of months. I, th- I think our performances over the last two months or so have certainly warranted more goals than we've had. Um, we've been creating chances. Um, Kazian Richards will probably be disappointed that he doesn't have more than five already, to be honest. Um, But I I think the goals will will start to come and and him being leading the line the way he does. And and as Tom says, with the desire that he has getting into the box, I've got no doubt that it will get into double figures.
1: Okay. So now look, that's all very positive. Uh, Lots of positive, lots of positivity from Derby, you know, relatively to the rest of the season has been a a pretty positive few weeks, to be honest. Um, However, there was one huge downer from uh, Saturday and potentially a huge blow to to Derby's prospects this season, which uh, was what looks like another serious knee injury for Christian Bielek. Now, I believe there are some reports in Poland that someone's Google translated that suggests it is, uh, has been confirmed that it is another uh, cruciate knee ligament injury for for Christian Bielek. The club hasn't confirmed that themselves, but it certainly is looking that way and it didn't look good on the pitch. I don't think anyone would doubt Tom that he's been our, our best player and, and most consistent player since Rooney took over. But first of all, on a on a personal level for him, how much of a how much of a disappointment is, is that going to be for, for Christian Bielick, having only really come back in the last few months from the original injury?
2: Yeah, massively, of course. And we, we, as as you say, don't yet know exactly what's happened and we'll wait for the club to confirm it. But obviously it doesn't look good. I think the biggest disappointment for Bielek is that he's clearly getting himself into a runner form. Um, he's fighting to get his place back in the Poland squad and he missed out on Euro 2020 because of a knee injury. That got cancelled, and then he had the opportunity to to get himself back to fitness and into form for it. And the same things happened. Um, I'm absolutely gutted for him because he's a he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a player in that midfield, and I really enjoy watching him. He's a, he's just on a different level at times to some of the players around him, and we'll we'll miss him for the rest of the season, and we'll miss him for probably the beginning of next season too. So it's a huge shame for him on a personal level with the the inability to play in Euro 2020. Uh, this summer, and also a massive shame for Derby this year. From a from a Derby
1: perspective, Anton, how do we go about filling a lick shaped hole, which to be honest looks unfillable? We, we we touched on Max Bird. I think Rooney has said that Max will be the, the person to be given that that position. Uh, you know, it would have been from tonight, I guess, against against Rotherham with uh, Knight and Shinny around him. Is is that the obvious? A short, well, short or long term fix, to be honest, because it is going to be a long term injury.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, Bird is is the natural person to come in. Um, he's, he's got a job on his hands to to fill Bealick's shoes, and and they're also. It's, not necessarily the exactly the same type of player, so it will be a slightly different dynamic in that midfield three. But Bird showed, in, in certainly in the second half on on Saturday, that it can work, and, and they can make it work. And, and those three as a combination could provide plenty of positives for for Derby. Um, We also had the loan signing again, which we'll come on to later, of Banning Gimi, which which provides a bit of extra cover and that extra energy and and ball-winning tenaciousness in midfield. So I I think we've got enough to cover it. Clearly, Bielik is a a huge loss and and we're not going to be quite the same team. Um, But I I think Max has got a really good chance now to to really step up and and rediscover the form that he he showed last season.
1: Yeah, as we touched upon already, I just think that it's... You know, if Shinny and Knight stay fit around Bird, I feel like they they will give him the platform to play. He's he's not the same player. He's not the kind of player who's going to skip past players on the edge of his own box, which you know, sometimes makes me more nervous, to be honest. But Biedic has a great tendency to t- take the ball out, not just from his passing, but to actually dribble out, beat a few players and really get Derby on the front foot. Max Bird, he can do that. It's not really uh, his game, but he... I think what, as long as Rooney can keep drilling into him to look for... The forward passes. We know that Bird's really good at controlling possession in the centre of the pitch and keeping the ball. And there is a time and a place to to keep the ball at the back before springing forward. But what I don't want to see Max Bird do, which is what I think he has been guilty of in the past, particularly at the end of last season and the start of this season, particularly next to Rooney, is he became almost a caricature of himself, overplaying it um, when actually he's got he's got the full range of passes. Max Bird, so it'd be great for him to to get them out and and get Derby onto the front foot. Well. Of course, uh, of course, Felix injury will have had an impact on Derby's January transfer window activity, and we ended up being very busy indeed on Monday night. I'll, I'll admit that I was one of those who was uh, staying up right up until the end to just to see the last ones done over the line. And uh, we will dissect those five signings after the break.
0: Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Solidar. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. This is Chil. And it's still till And the diving header is there by Andy Todd. Billy Davis delighted in the director's box.
1: So Derby made five. Yeah, that's right. Five loan signings all on the final day on the window, February the 1st, Monday, February the 1st uh, in the evening to bring some much needed depth to their squad for a very important season run in um so let's just go through them all first and then we'll get into them in a bit more detail and uh, again of course, as ever, the usual disclaimers around mispronunciations. I do apologise. Uh, I haven't had a chance to quite work out all of these ones, but maybe the boys will correct me. Um, so uh, we brought in two centre backs that were George Edmondson from Rangers, formerly of Oldham Athletic as well, and Tedden Mengi from Manchester United. Um, this is one that I'm hoping Antoine and Tom are going to help me on, but midfielder <laughs> Benny Banningame.
0: I think that's what I went for in the first half, but we, I, I since looked it up and he's actually from the French speaking so i mean i i did french at uni so i'm gonna kind of try and try and hash it out it's probably more like bananjim
1: all right that'll be the official spw line until we're corrected otherwise. Let's, let's just
0: call him benny right.
1: yeah, benny's good yeah benny's good um yeah it worked with dutch mike so i'm sure this will go well as well um so yeah benny from everson who we think uh I think with that one was a direct response to the to the Bielik injury. Uh, Manchester City winger Patrick Roberts, who had been on loan at Middlesbrough and has been at Norwich City and Celtic before, and probably one of the ones more familiar to Rams fans of of this lot. But of course, uh, Stoke City striker Lee Gregory as well, who of course scored a hat trick against Derby County for Millwall about ooh, four or five five years ago now. Anton, of those of those five, which one do you think we need to have? the biggest impact to for to derby to to seriously steer clear of of relegation
0: i'm i'm actually hoping we don't need too many of them uh, to have a big impact <laughs> to be honest because i i don't think currently that many of them are well may, maybe all of them are, aren't actually first team players um, because our, our first team at the moment has shown over the last couple of months that it's, it's good enough to compete with most teams in this division and certainly good enough to stay up. I think they've, they've been brought in mainly for squad depth because as, as we've seen on our bench over the last few games at least, it's it's very inexperienced, very young and, and not a huge amount of depth there. So I imagine most of them will come in as those squad players. I think the one potential exception is probably Patrick Roberts because um, yeah, we yeah. we are slightly short uh, in, in the wing position, especially on the on the right hand side. Yuzviak is, is a shoe in probably at the moment, but um, outside of that, there is a, a bit of a battle for for places. So I imagine that he'll probably have the most impact, at least in the short term.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Patrick Roberts is the one that I think you could feasibly walk into that team. You know, Martin Wagon hasn't had a good season um in terms of having a more attacking right-sided option rather than jason knight um, and competition for martin Waghorn, patrick roberts should be you know this is a player that's been extremely highly rated and maybe flatter to deceive in more recent years he had a good spell at celtic again i can't say i watched much of him at celtic um he was highly rated by manchester city at one point although that was before guardiola arrived i believe um he should be the one that could bring some extra quality and definitely competition because there is zero competition in those wing positions. You know, Tom Lawrence coming back will be certainly helpful, and but we know he wants to play more from the left-hand side or, or centrally. I mean, of the centre-backs, as we discussed in the first half, you'd be an absolute fool to break up Clark and Wisdom with the kind of form there in Tom. Again, I haven't seen much of much of either of these, but from reading around and watching a few clips in the last couple of days, like I'm sure most Rams fans have doing, Ted and Mengi looks like an absolute beast. I mean, how is he only 18? He looks a lot bigger than Tomori, a lot more. He's, full, he's filled out a lot more than Tomori. Apparently he's extremely quick, which I'm always excited to see in centre-back. So when he spoke in his interview for, uh, on Rams TV, he just came across really mature, really impressed me just from that kind of short two-minute clip. And he's one that I hope we might, we might have an eye on next season as well for a, a season-long loan if he impresses whether it's in games or just in training because he looks like he's got all the attributes to be a, a very effective centre-half. I do believe he's meant to be very rated highly by, by Manchester United, Tom. What, what kind of stands out to you from those signings? They, they're, they're not huge household names, but I feel like they're, they're pretty practical for what we need.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, Mengi looks like uh, someone who'd be a bit of a backup. Let's go somewhere else. How do you cope with being in a different place? And under under Wayne Rooney as well, like a, a bit of a Manchester United legend. And I think he'd be backup as centre-back or perhaps even at full-back uh, just because of his pace. And you can put him in there if there, anything happens to burn. I think Edmonton is maybe the short-term cover rather than you're gonna break up for me, Clark and Wisdom, they've been so good recently. So I couldn't see see him coming into the first team. And he doesn't play regularly for Rangers. I think he's he's paid less than twenty times for them in the, the time he's been there. So yeah, going on to what Anton said, Patrick Roberts and Lee Gregory are the two that um that interest me the most. But at the same time, I don't see us changing the first eleven too much. I can't I wouldn't have been surprised to not see well, they weren't starting tonight, but if we had a played Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to not see those guys in the starting 11 for at least sort of two or three games unless there's a a serious injury to somebody uh, and they've got to step in there Um, so yeah I think they're good backup and gives us a bit of depth and actually it's quite nice not to not to have to name a school kid on the bench because we haven't got anyone else or name two goalkeepers on the bench like we did uh, at the weekend against Bristol City just a bit of depth is important I think for the club.
0: The one real benefit that Mengi brings to, to the back line and, and certainly to the to the centre-back options is the pace, which you touched on, Kutch, before. Because, I mean, Clark and, and Wisdom, as as we've mentioned, have been outstanding over the last couple of months and you, and you definitely not want to break those guys up. But the one minor criticism that you can have of those two is that there's not a huge amount of pace. So if we are up against a very quick front line who are looking to play over the top and, and we're looking... Um, pretty susceptible to that. He, he's a really good option to bring on because because he does provide that pace, and and often we've relied on Burn and Buchanan to get Clark and Wisdom out of trouble when when they've lost the ball because they don't necessarily have the pace to get back. I don't think he'll will come in as a first choice as you guys have, have mentioned, but it does give that extra dynamic to the back four.
1: Yeah, and Rooney did say in his in, I think it was in the interview of Rams TV uh, last night that. Mengi has got experience of playing in both a back three and a back four. So a bit like, you know, George Evans, apparently he told George Evans he was only going to get game time whenever they played a back three and he didn't see him as a midfielder. And so that's why he let George Evans out. And Mengi will be able to fill in that position, apparently, uh, adding to a, to a back three. And I think, yeah, the addition of the pace is is, is obviously going to be uh, beneficial. I mean, I think what really strikes me and, and maybe... Um, Maybe this is this is always the case with these kind of signings late on deadline day. You're only going to get loans, which are players who are uh, who are out of favor or or need a new challenge. But Rooney, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Rooney is getting a lot out of his current squad. He's he's getting performances out of his current squad, which we haven't seen for quite some time under under Philip Koku. He strikes me as a manager that likes a challenge with a player. He likes to to challenge players themselves and to and to and to kind of get them out of a of a slump and get them working hard. And all those players look to me, uh, Mengi aside because he's so young and this is his first loan, but the others all look to me like they they they're players that could do with a fresh start do with a rocket up their ass and to come here and prove a point. I believe Patrick Roberts is out of contract at Manchester City in the summer. I'm not sure about Lee Gregory's situation. George Edmondson isn't getting game time at Rangers and has, has his own issues there with, with breaking COVID rules and, and a long suspension. So these are all players that have a point to prove. And I'm sure Wayne Rooney's probably looked at that and gone, I'm the person that can get that out of them. And and they, a lot of them, maybe, we don't know much about them yet, but if they do do well and impress then they may all be options next year, Tom, which looks like an important window because we're going to have about seven players left by (laughs) by the looks of it in terms of contracts that are running out and, and loans that are ending.
2: Yeah, it does. It does feel like the end of this season will be a bit of a an end of the end of an era of so many of the players who have been stalwarts over the last sort of four or five years leaving, and obviously the, those of the thirteen, fourteen season have been leaving over the last couple of years as well. So it's a, it seems like a turning over a new leaf, and we're almost starting from a, a fresh copybook uh, in the summer, and that's the purpose of these signings. It's it's seeing us through to the end of the season giving us much needed depth um, to step in if any of the first teamers are are injured, get us out of this trouble and then see see what we do in the um, over the summer to to try and build for next season. Um, as I say, if Patrick Roberts comes in, has a really good sort of six months, hopefully that, and if he is out of contract, hopefully that gives us an opportunity to sign him permanently. Uh, you mentioned before with Mengi, like if he settles in quite nicely to the club, makes a few game uh, starts and then we can see him uh, develop and give him more first team opportunities and sign him on loan again next year and Lee Gregory's always been a problem whenever he's played against Derby. I remember him scoring a hat-trick against us. But yeah, he's he's just a he's just a nuisance and I think he's a he's a good player uh, at this level and I think he'll he'll chip in with some useful goals between now and the end of the season. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't if he doesn't score at least four or five for us. So it, it's exciting to to have somebody who's not Colin Kazin-Richards and not be relying on him every time he falls to the ground and looks a bit knackered I'm just terrified that he's going to be injured and we're going to be left with no one up front so we've got someone now in Gregory and I'm looking forward to, to seeing him in the Derbyshire.
0: Yeah, the, the difficult situation that we'll have in the summer and we obviously also had in, in January is is the difficult financial situation that we find ourselves in so even though we might have a lot of squad churn in the summer we probably won't have a huge amount to spend and and the amortization policy probably won't help with that either because letting players go on a free at the end of contract isn't necessarily a a positive financial situation in in when when you're in that position so will have to rebuild the squad on limited funds again and these players could provide really good options for that as, as you've mentioned some of them are out of contract some of them will no doubt be available on loan again so this is a, a nice little trial run for them if even half of them perform um really good options and, and I'm sure they'll be keen to to come back in the summer if if they're invited back and, and they're doing well
1: so obviously uh with five incomings there were a, a couple of outgoings as well um Dwayne Holmes a little bit earlier in the window, but I don't think we've actually talked about Dwayne Holmes exiting on, on the pod or certainly not some of the fallout with some of the comments that, that he made at, at Huddersfield and, and Rooney kind of responded. I'm just interested what you boys made of that. I mean, basically, I haven't got the quotes in front of me, but Dwayne Holmes essentially said that I think at some point last year, he 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 asked to play an M23s game against Huddersfield. He wasn't told to. He asked to play and he used that opportunity to speak to some teammates so, see if he could start engineering a move um, to Huddersfield, which I think raised a few eyebrows. And, and Wayne Rooney really himself said that um, he didn't think Holmes was putting the effort in on the training ground, and that's why I was quite happy to to see him go. Tom, what, what do you make of that that fallout? Is it a little bit of nothing, as, as we've said before, or do you think that Dwayne Holmes was probably a little bit silly to if if not to do what he did, to at least express it so publicly.
2: Yeah, it maybe leaves a bit of a bad taste for him to express that so publicly. But if that's what happened and he's happy with that, then that's what happened and that's what that's what he said. So, I mean, um, I was disappointed to see him go, but he's not been the same player that he was at the beginning of last season. So, actually, I wasn't too bothered. And the fact that uh, he's off the wage bill, maybe freed up some wages to bring in some loan signings who actually want to play for the shirt and play for the club, then I'd much rather have someone who's, wanting to play for the shirt than then causing a bad bad sort of air or bad feeling at the club. So if he wanted out, then see you later. Good riddance.
1: I thought it was uh I thought it was actually quite cute from Rooney and a bit of a, a no-lose situation because because Dwayne Holmes obviously wanted to leave, it actually was very easy for for Wayne Rooney to make an example of him. And I'm sure that he wasn't making it up. That he he wasn't impressed by his training. I'm sure Rooney wasn't impressed by his training. That's why I was quite happy for him to to kind of leave the club. Um, but he didn't have to force him out. You know, we've heard the interview with George Fawn recently on Talk Derby to me, and there's kind of some unsavoury stories from that. Wayne Rooney was just like, "Okay, we don't need you. Uh, you don't want to be here, and I didn't think you're working very hard anyway." But it still sent a message, and I think Rooney's been very impressive in his press conferences and kind of laying down a marker and saying, look, if you want to play for me, you've got to work hard. These are the standards I'm going to set. And if you don't want to match them, then then you can leave. And I think uh, I think actually those kind of situations can backfire against you, but he's in a strong position at the moment, Rooney. He's doing very well. He seemed to have the players on board. And I just thought it was an, an easy win for him to kind of put his foot down in a situation where the player wanted to leave anyway.
0: Yeah, I do agree with that. And I agree with Rooney's decision when when a player's not putting the effort in. I, I think just to to look at the other side, it is worth remembering that Holmes wasn't necessarily treated in the best way from from some of our fan base um, over his time at Derby. So you do have to kind of understand that if, if you're treated in those ways, it's no great surprise that you do want to leave and, and you do want to look for a way out. Um, you shouldn't be kind of, stating that publicly perhaps or, or certainly letting it influence your performances on the pitch um but um no great surprise that you might want to leave um given the the situation around some of the fan base
1: yeah and um okay two other i think there's only two other departures and boys correct me if i'm uh if i'm missing any others but um george evans uh and morgan Whitaker were the two others uh morgan Whitaker going Whittaker going for around seven hundred and fifty thousand, i believe to Swansea City, obviously interesting, Swansea have uh, with Cooper and, well, Paul Simpson, sorry, is at Bristol City? But with with Cooper at Swansea City, obviously a uh, former England youth coach would have come across and worked with Morgan Whitaker, I'm sure, over the years. He, he's got a very good reputation for working with young players and identifying talent. So he obviously has seen something in Morgan Whitaker. Tom, were you surprised to see that, that move? I think a lot of us thought he could have gone out on loan to maybe League One or League Two this year. And, and benefited from that. So were you surprised to see him leave on a, on a full-time contract to another championship club?
2: Yeah, I was actually, and that came out as a complete surprise on uh, I think Saturday when it was it was sort of first announced as sort of rumours or going around or there was there was talk of it. And I wouldn't have expected that at all for him to be to leave. He's had a, a great time in the eighteens and the in the 23s, scores lots of goals. Um he's not quite done it when he's made made the jump up into the first team. There's been times when he's sort of got in behind and he's he's not quite put a cross in but there's also been flashes of real potential there. So I felt felt like he needed game time in in sort of Professional football uh, to sort of develop, and I don't think he was quite making those steps at Derby that he he maybe could have done, and he wasn't developing quite as quickly as Derby maybe expected. And it could be could be one of two things for me. It could be the fact that he hasn't developed as quickly as pos- as Derby wanted, and therefore they think his development stunted, and let's cash in on him while we can. Or equally, it could be yeah, we would have loaned him out, but we actually really need the money to pay the bill. So we're going to get what we can for him. And that's going to keep us going to the end of the season. Now we're not to know on either side. Um My gut feeling is perhaps the latter to try and cash in on somebody. And I'm hoping that he comes good for himself, but I hope that Derby haven't made a massive mistake in selling him.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. But the thing, the thing is with, um, and I, I kind of agree with all of that, and it's one of those things, it can go one of two ways, and we just don't know. And I guess you can hope that Derby have got uh, some kind of sell-on clause or some more incentives in there for, for that fee to be bumped up further. Um, but I think what's interesting with the academy and people need to remember is he can't keep all of them. So if you've got a really good generation of players, and, and we do have, if you think of Lee Buchanan's in the team, Max Bird is in the team, Jason Knight's in the team, Louis Sibley's right on the fringes and I think we're all keen to see him stay and develop at Derby County. But if you get four into the team, and, and you actually make a profit or sell a couple of others, even if they could have the potential to go on and, and do well themselves. And I think that's a pretty good return from, from one generation of the academy or one year group of the academy. You can't, as much as Mel might have wanted to, you can't seriously blood five players all of the same age at the same time in the first team and expect them all to develop. So I think it's realism. The academy is there to serve the first team. It's also there to make money for the club. And boy, does this need money. Boy, does this club need Money made for it, so I feel like it's a win-win for everyone. He gets a fresh start. He goes to a club where he knows some of the coaching staff, and they're and they're also committed to playing youngsters and probably in a style of play which is probably better suiting him. The Wayne Rooney style of play is probably at the moment, at least, not going to be suiting Morgan Whitaker in the short term. So where's he going to get game time? Um, I, I I thought it was a, a move that made sense. It did surprise me when it came out on Saturday night, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what? Fair play to him. And fair play for derbies for getting some money into the into the club which is essentially all profit
0: to be honest i i thought the fee was about right as well um because i mean it still could go either way you see so many talented players in the championship not not developing in the way that that clubs expect so um he 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 may make it um and i really hope he does I, i hope he does well and i'll be following him very closely at swansea but at the same time um it he could be another one of those who who looks really really promising um and, and doesn't make it. So I, th- I think the money that we got in is, is very sensible and and it's a it's a good fit all round.
1: And and the other one that we we lost was uh well I say lost we sold was was George Evans, um who again I I think his contract was out in the summer as well. Um and we got somewhere between 500 and 750,000, I think, for him, which again I feel like is quite good business for a player that you know again according to Rooney was only going to come in and play whenever we played a back three so I, I I've got nothing against George Evans I feel like he's always done a job when he's called upon but he's always one of the first to be dropped um when the team's doing badly or they need something a bit different so again Tom I presume probably uh not one you're going to miss greatly and probably a decent bit of business for Derby considering the circumstances and the fact that we did bring in two central defenders.
2: Yeah. Um, as you say, I can't really say much more to be honest. He, he never quite was good enough for me to to play in midfield and he's a, a decent backup at centre back, but that's all he was. He was a backup. Um, he seems like a decent, a nice enough bloke and he's he come in and did a, a very good job in a number of games. Most notably, I think Norwich this season to get us our first win. Um, it seems that I think I understand that we might have even made a loss on him because I think we bought him for a million. But I'd initially thought he was a he was a free transfer, so that is a bit of a shame we haven't haven't sort of at least broken even with him. But I think seven hundred fifty thousand for someone who's not getting into our team that we can reinvest somewhere else is um, is good business. So yeah, I wish both Morgan and and George all the best uh, in the future, and I hope they do all right. But um, I think it's, it's good business, definitely on George Evans.
1: Okay, uh we'll we'll wrap up in a second. Uh but we have got a couple we did put a little shout out just before we started recording because uh we we thought we might not have much to talk about because there was no game. But as ever, we have filled 40 minutes pretty quickly. Um a few questions, one from Ben Taylor and one from uh David Cocaine. Again, sorry, Dave, if I if I mispronounced uh your surname. Um one of, what they both ask about Wayne Rooney, really, and what's been the most impressive thing about uh, about Wayne Rooney today or, or what advice would you offer to Wayne Rooney going forward? Tom, do you, want, do you want to take the first one? What's been the most impressive thing about Wayne Rooney so far?
2: Um, I think it's the way that he's, he's changed a group of players around who who clearly looked like they knew they were in a battle but didn't know how to fight it. And I think Colin Kazin-Richard said something about we're all in the trenches, but it didn't really have that sort of trench sort of feeling like, of togetherness but under Rooney I think it definitely has been built in and the, the stubbornness of the side and the desire to hold on to everything it, it, like anything you've got at all possible cost uh, that's exactly what he's instilled in the team and and that's purely from man management and and purely from his sort of character and personality he was a, a bulldog on the pitch and always wanted to win and was determined with a real desire to to get there first and um he's instilling that in that derby side and that's what he's brought to us and that's why we we've picked up the results that we have with the same team that we we had at the beginning of the season that looked like they couldn't score or keep a clean sheet any, uh, in any of the games they were playing. So, so yeah, definitely the, the man management and desire side, I think, has been a real improvement.
1: And uh, and Anton, but considering your years and years of professional football management experience, what advice <laughs> would you uh, offer to Wayne Rooney uh, going forward for the rest of this season and beyond?
0: I mean, I, I think at the moment it, it's more a case of, of don't don't feel like you need to move away from what we're doing at the moment um There will be games where we we lose like like the Rotherham game a couple of weeks ago where where we just don't turn up um but that's not because we're we're playing badly or in a bad run of form. It, it just sometimes happens like that when you're playing football so just stick with with the basics and and the the ethos that we've got going um, at the moment, and I've, I've got no doubts that we'll be absolutely fine this season, and and hopefully push on next season. Uh,
1: ben Taylor also asked us um, the players we have coming up who are out of contract in the summer. Which of those would you offer a new contract? Now, out off the top of my head, Andre Wisdom, uh, Martin Waghorn, Colin Kazin, Richards, I believe are the. F- three immediate ones that come to mind that are out of contract this summer Anton which if any of of those three would you think we'd be wanting to keep for at least another year or two years I imagine Wandre Wisdom would probably need a two or, f- or probably a three-year contract at least
0: well I mean yeah I mean certainly Wisdom and and Kazim Richards you'd want to keep um but at the moment to be honest with the current squad situation you 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 want martin Wycorn as well because we we don't have a huge amount of options um a- across the pitch so it, it all depends really how confident we are bringing in new players if we can find suitable replacements for for the likes of Wycorn, then then I wouldn't be against letting him go, but I, I think he's a he's a very good option to have in the squad, and obviously, a, a new contract is is basically a signing for free in, in effect. So, um, I don't think we're in a position necessarily to to let go loads of players. Um, so it all comes down to to contract negotiations, really.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, Wisdom would get a contract. I don't. I actually don't think he would uh, be offered a three year contract just because of the. Uh, uh, I think it'd be more looking at getting him in there for two years. I think Waghorn, just because he's 31 and um, because of the strength of the team, I think we've got. A, I think he will end up getting a new contract as well. Not necessarily that I think maybe his play this year has deserved it. He's only scored two goals and he's been sent off for the same amount of times as that so far. Um, Curtis Davis is another one. He's obviously injured at the moment and he's yeah. out of contract in the summer. Uh, and he'll be a, a big loss if he leaves the club regardless of, because of his off, off the field presence so you never know how his rehabilitation is going and whether you offer him another contract and obviously Kazan Richards he'll be 35 next season so um so yeah do, do you offer him another year extension or or not. So there's there's plenty of things to to discuss. I think the only for me the only certainty that I would be definitely trying to nail down at the moment is Andre Wisdom. Um, and the second thing I'll be trying to do ahead of any other contracts would be to sign Matt Clark on a permanent transfer. But whether we've got the funds for that, I don't know.
0: With Kazim Richards, though, he, yes, he's 35, but he, he showed over the last few months that he he can play two, three games a week w- without without yeah. kind of affecting his game. So I, I don't think you need to take into account his age too much. It's, it's not really a style of play to, to be sprinting up and down the, f- the field. As long as he can do a job, I'm happy to keep him, whatever age he is. Look at Ibrahimović. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but like they're, they're <laughs> si- si- sim- similar styles of game, um, obviously very different levels, but they, they do kind of play a similar game. And, and, Ibrahimovic is going till what? What forty? So I think he scored more
2: goals, Ibrahimovic, in one season than Kazin Richards has in his entire career. But Probably but yeah. yeah, I'll give you that one. I mean, the one, sorry, the one disrespectful one. I have forgotten. I
1: mean, Tom, you're surely slapping a five-year deal down for Scott Malone's glorious return in the summer.
2: It, I, I didn't. I didn't even think he was part of it, was he? Like I thought we'd sold him.
0: I think he's on loan, isn't he, till the end of the season?
1: Um, so you're not going to offer him a five-year contract, just to confirm.
0: Uh, No.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, And then lastly, and this is one which actually uh, Anton and Tom's dad, Nick, uh, uh, put in for us, which I'm not sure if we've got the answer for. So thanks for that, Nick. Has DCFC ever bought in more players on a transfer deadline day or even during a whole transfer window than, than the 1st of February? 2021 the one just gone tom the only only one that came to my mind was the billy davis january transfer window where i believe gary teal jay mckeverley stephen pearson craig fagan all came in i might be wrong on that but they all came in then and then i imagine that the january after that in the premier league was probably pretty busy as well but have you managed to unearth anything while anton and i were talking
2: as you say coach those two uh windows were particularly busy uh i'd say the the slightly busier one would have been the uh the one in the Premier League, the 2007-2008 window. Uh, we actually brought three players in on uh, the final day that day, and they were all permanents. Roy Carroll, Miles Stojovski and Alan Stubbs. But I think there were a total of uh, eight players. Hassan Gali, Robbie Savage, Lauren Robert, Emmanuel Villa and Danny Mills. All excellent players who uh, helped save us from relegation that season. The 2006-07 season wasn't quite as much, uh, I don't think, on that last uh, that January bit, but then the season after the when Paul Jewel was in the summer, we brought in eleven players over the summer that year. So I haven't got the exact answer to that one. I think five players on one deadline day is is probably going to be the highest from what we can see. Uh, but they're all obviously loans. But certainly eight in January is uh, quite a significant amount of of change. There was also may I add six players going out in that January and a, a further seventh uh, of that January two thousand eight window that left the club. So big turnover that uh, that month.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, uh, just a quick uh, fair play. Uh, Fair play to Claire Morris, who is the club secretary. I've been there for quite some time at Derby County. And uh, she's probably one of the unsung heroes on on days like uh, transfer deadline day. So fair play to her because I believe it's uh, extremely stressful. There's lots of paperwork and boxes to tick. So yeah, good job to Derby for getting those. Over the line, which were all, all very late in the day, bearing in mind all the uncertainties surrounding the club and the finances. Uh, so yeah, good job uh, everyone involved. Uh, any other business, Tom? I think you can break the news to Derby County fans if they haven't already heard it that uh, Sheffield United have now reached 11 points.
2: Yeah, they have, and a uh, good old Jaden Bogle is popping up of all the goals. It's like he was a a, a winger to uh, that we never really realised. But yeah, he scored the <laughs> equaliser, and then uh, I think it was Billy Sharp went on to score the winner, so they won two one. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Tom, for, for joining us. Uh, I hope you can go and digest
1: your Yorkshire pudding properly now. And we'll see you again on on a verdict or in, or in two weeks' uh, time, I presume. All the best. Cheers, Coach. And thank you, Anton. Thank you for your time. It was a pleasure.
0: Cheers, boys. Yeah, pleasure as always.
1: And thank you, listeners. Uh, as ever, do give us a listen uh, or a like or a follow on uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And do subscribe. And we will see you again soon. Up the ramps.